Greetings. My name is Linda Talaferro, and this is the Being Brown at Work podcast. I help Black and Brown female professionals confidently and expertly navigate the corporate world so that they can reach new career heights and establish their seat at the table. So whether you're kicking off a new career, leaning in a new direction, or looking to climb the corporate ladder within your current job, I'm here to propel your career forward by giving you an insider's look at cultivating an executive mindset, creating leadership opportunities, establishing an executive presence, and more. So join me every week as I guide you towards becoming a leader in the corporate world and show you how to step into your true power and potential. Greetings, everyone. It is Being Brown at Work Live. And I know because you guys pay attention, you can see that I'm not in my usual space. But you know, no matter what I have going on, this is taking place. So doesn't matter that I'm in a hotel lobby, which is where I'm at right now, but have to come on and talk about this critical topic of filling the pipeline, preparing our black and brown girls to lead. And that's what we're going to talk about this evening with the wonderful Monica Woodson. So let me tell you why she's so wonderful. Let's get into some details on Ms. Woodson. Ms. Monica Woodson is the Chief Executive Officer at Girl Scouts of Southeastern Michigan, also known as GSSEM. She has an extensive background in nonprofit programming and leadership and significant experience working with organizations serving young people, including Girl Scouts. Monica served as the regional vice president with the Girl Scouts of Greater Chicago and Southeast Indiana, where she was instrumental in the development of Chicago's Council's Girl Space Program. That program is a program that's similar in scope to GSSEM's Girl Empowerment Program, or GEP, or GEP, aimed at bringing the benefits of Girl Scouting to girls in communities where forming traditional volunteer-led troops proves challenging. Monica's career and nonprofit leadership spans more than 20 years, with focus on nonprofit organizations across the human services spectrum. Her work has engaged her in service to immigrants, low-income families, deaf and hard-of-hearing individuals, and youth. Prior to taking the helm at GSSEM, Monica served as the Interim Chief Program Officer for the Centers for the New Horizons and Chief Executive Officer of Albany Park Community Center, respectively, a Chicago-based human services organization dedicated to strengthening the community through early education, counseling, job training, and placement. Before that, she served as the executive director of the Macomb Children's Healthcare Access Program in Warren, Michigan. Monica holds a master's degree in both business administration and management from Colorado Tech University and a bachelor's degree from Wayne State University. While pursuing her postgraduate degrees, she spent and served as nonprofit consultant to small organizations and partnered with clients to ensure operational excellence and mission-driven pursuits. She spent the early part of her career in Detroit in leadership roles with nonprofit organizations, serving youth and family in areas of substance abuse prevention and treatment, 
advocating on behalf of youth and adults living with physical and learning disabilities and developing programs and services designed to enrich the lives of the populations these organizations served. Monica is a proud Girl Scout alum and credits her Girl Scout experiences from childhood to high school graduation with giving her the skills necessary to pursue and achieve her career goals. Monica maintains her commitment to serving the community as a volunteer for National Conference of Arts, Michigan chapter, and serving on the Board of Southwest Solutions Counseling and the Advisory Board of the Citizens Research Council of Michigan, along with Changing Children's Worlds Foundation of Illinois. See, fabulous woman. And now you understand why I have Monica Woodson with me tonight to talk about this critical topic. Welcome to Being Brown at Work Live, Monica. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you, though. That is I, 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 you. That sounds crazy, but like I got tired just listening to all of it. Thank you so much for, for the invitation. I'm so happy to be here. I really am. Thank you so it much. Is Truly, truly, truly an honor. And, and Monica, like I said, it, you are the best resource for me personally to talk about this critical subject because you have spent your career serving others and making sure, especially in the organizations that you've been a part of, and most recently GSSEM, currently making sure that young black and brown women are ready for careers, ready to lead. And you even attributed your Girl Scout experience with preparing you along with your education. So Monica, let's just jump right in. I mean, let's just be honest. We know what exists out here, right? Would you not agree? You and I have chatted, um, you know, in our working together at GSSEM. Not a lot of people look like you and I in the seats that we have. No. Not even, as you and I discussed, not even in Girl Scouting. You know, there are, we talked about that, and I think that was one of the first things we talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, I love this movement. I love the work that we do. But we all know that we can improve in various ways, particularly in the areas of representation. Of, we yes. have 111 councils, and we have, I believe, nine Black CEOs. Wow. So the See? Black CEOs we have are phenomenal women, but we need more. We need so, more. Yes. Yeah. So the challenge we have in making sure that we are prepared to sit in the seats, mm -hmm. that we see more people that look like us, doesn't just exist in corporate America. It's in the nonprofit and the for-profit space. I mean, we have so much work to do, which is one of the reasons why I have these conversations each week to try to rewrite that narrative. So, you know, Monica, if we could dig in a little bit, uh, based on your experience and the exposure you've had across various agencies, what would you say, it's probably so hard to pin it to one, but what would you say could be the root of why, even in the nonprofit space, we don't have the numbers that truly should be there for percentages in key leadership roles. I think a lot of it is making sure that our girls, the, the young Monica, the young Linda, that making sure that they are exposed to women mm -hmm. like us who are working in these spaces. That's one of the reasons I'm so proud of GSSEM. We create space for that to happen. The lack of exposure, lack of access has been a consistent theme across pretty much everywhere 
Yes. All the organizations that I've worked with, all the organizations that I'm aware of where I, I have some type of relationship or know people in leadership, we all talk about making sure that, that girls in particular are exposed to professional women, to women who are achieving at all levels of the corporate or the executive spectrum. We recognize yes. that everyone's not going to sit in your seat, sit in my seat but making sure that they are in seats and creating that pipeline. And should they choose to explore higher levels of their organizations, that they're given the tools early on so they know how to pursue them. So many of us don't know how to network. So many of us mm-hmm. don't. If, if we're exposed to the person, how do we talk to them? Yes, exactly. Exactly. You, know, you get in a room and you're just sort of there. And, you know, one of the things that I do, I, I will not bore you talking about Girl Scouts all night, but one of the things that I will, one of the things that wouldn't I Wouldn't bore me, by the way, wouldn't bore me. Go ahead. <laughs> but one of the things I love about Girl Scouts is in addition to creating these opportunities, we are working with girls to be bold, to be strong, to be mm. audacious, to mm. speak their truth. One of my favorite things is that I'm going to hear this week was Debbie Allen's speech at the Emmys last night. She said, you claim your space. You tell your story. We are mm-hmm. teaching, we are talking to girls about that. And what we have to remember is I we all not all girls grow up the way I did, the way you did, having black women in our space who achieve. And so if you don't have that in your immediate family or have a mother like mine who has a sister circle of girlfriends who she and her friends all achieved at one level or another. If you don't have that, that's when a Girl Scouts comes into play. That's yes. when other avenues of exposure because girls, and we're talking black girls, black yes. girls, black and brown girls need to see that. And yes. that is a commitment that, as you well know, is very important to us at GSSEM. Not to yeah. the neglect of anyone else, but making sure that we are creating a fair and equitable space so that all of our girls are able to get in this pipeline. Yes. And, and and Monica, that's everything, right? I mean, we have to create the opportunity for access. Yeah. I think that is huge. We're not, and I think, you know, for the audience, I want to make sure that we, we make this clear. We're not minimizing education. Clearly, we all know that there is a major divide in education as well. GSSEM is on that platform, rooting and working on that as well. But education, clearly, definitely important. And we've got to bridge the digital divide and all those other things. But alongside that education, I think it's critically important to expose our black and brown girls to organizations like GSSEM, to organizations like Girl Code. And in doing that, it gives them that opportunity for access to see a Monica, to see a Linda, to see these women that look like them in seats. And I love what you said. I'd like to talk about it a little bit more too, Monica. And it doesn't have to be a CEO seat or a vice president seat, but the access. So, you know, Monica, when, when we talk about that, when we talk about opening those doors for that, what do you think has been missing? Why are we still not there? I mean, we're in 2021. I mean, this is a conversation that I think we've had. I mean, people talk about it all the time, right? We got to give access. We got to. So, I mean, let's get real. What's been the holdup? I mean, I think it's cyclical. I think if you don't mm-hmm. have black and brown women sitting in these seats, mm-hmm. recognizing the importance of bringing bringing along younger black and brown women 
to occupy these seats once we vacate them, if we're not creating those spaces and opportunities, if you're not, if it's not sort of ingrained in you that this is what needs to happen, then you're not working on it because we are we we know we we do things based upon our experiences, based upon our knowledge of whatever whatever our world lens is. Those are the things that we tend to gravitate towards. And so, if I'm not in a community of color, and I'm not paying attention to the fact that there's not enough black representation, I think Ross Brewer is amazing. Mm. It shouldn't be the new splash that it was when she became CEO of, of, of Wild, was it Wild, Wild Green Boots. It should not have been that. And that's Detroit Cast Tech. I'm just going to stop for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it should not have been the newsmaker that it was in 2020. Not to say we don't celebrate her. We do. But it yes. should not have been this phenomenal thing. Yes. That we yes. Saw. Totally but agree. And, you know, we we are board chair, Telma Magruder, the highest ranking black person yeah. in all of General Motors. Genius, you know, we're yeah. telling on Saturday morning at our camp CEO, talking See? to girls who were participating in our annual camp where we bring high powered women of all communities and colors, bring them to the table and they spend the weekend with these girls. And I will say this, stay there for just a second. We also, we had several women and forgive me. If any of them see this podcast, I don't call their name. But one of the other women we had is Erica Swilly, who's African-American young woman, who's vice president of community engagement. And forgive me if I did not get that title right, Erica, with the Detroit Pistons. How many mm. women do you find in that space, wow. particularly black women? They yeah. were both at our camp CEO this weekend with little black girls who got to spend time with them one-on-one, who got yeah. to use their brains. And so as we're creating opportunities and spaces, these two women, you and I both know Tova doesn't have time for that. But no. she made time. When these when exactly. we have to make the time to yes, have these conversations and yes, spaces, we, we have to. So, so important, Monica. And I will tell you, you guys got to loosen up the requirements because your girl would have been there had the form not said I had to participate in ropes. I had to participate <laughs> because my knees aren't just going to support me right now in doing that. So I had to respond. So I had to respond to Tiffany and said, hey, how else can I support? But no, no, you're absolutely right. And it, it is truly, <laughs> I had to throw that out. It is truly, it is, but it is truly about, and, and I and I live by this, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. And I, I truly believe it's so important for you, for Talva, for the other woman that joined, for me to reach back, reach across, reach out, right? Spend, spend time, carve out some time of your day so that you can be part of GSSE or other organizations, churches, various other neighborhood organizations that have events to show what's possible so these young girls can see absolutely yeah, see possible. It. I so totally agree with you. So totally it's on point. So, so important. Uh, Davida mentioned relationship between Roz Brewer and Melody Hobson is beautiful. Absolutely, yeah. Davida. Yes. Black warming, supporting and lifting other Black yeah. women. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, Crystal, love this. Wounded healers go back and cultivate resilience. Okay, that is, as a friend says, bumper sticker quality. <laughs> right there, Crystal, yes. Yeah. And that is true because some of us have gone through 
you know, the battlefield, right? Yeah. These yeah. getting into these seats that we have as black women wasn't easy to obtain. So you're absolutely right, Crystal. Go back and cultivate that resilience. So the next brown and black young girl, if she runs up against any kind of resistance or wall, she has the resilience to get through it. Girl, that is bumper sticker. That, I, I, had to read, I had to read that out loud because it was so good. But the reason I talk about this quite a bit, one thing that we also have to do as executives, period, but particularly as women and Black women, no one to vacate that seat. No one to create space to allow the next generation of women, not saying you have to go up in the sunset, but there's other things for you to do there. I look, I don't know if she's on here or not. I have an aunt who's 84 years old, who is, first of all, has more energy than I do. She's an artist. She just won Kresge's Eminent Artist Award for 2020. Wow, yes. So my point is, these are the examples that I have, but the point is she did, she vacated the space she had at Detroit Public Schools as an executive over their arts program and went and carved out a whole new other thing. So yes. there's a time and a season for us to occupy these seats. Go get a bigger seat, right? Don't yes. I don't sit in this seat for the next 20 years. I want the bigger seat and then the bigger seat. So it's about, again, filling that pipeline, but it's also knowing when it's time to move on. And then also, when is it your time to go find that lake house and, you know, and reflect yes. on your career and write exactly. some books or educate exactly. children volunteers? So it, it really is, there's a lot, I think, of growing. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of learning that we all, regardless of where we are in our career, Absolutely. whatever our age is, there is a lot that we can learn from each other. And I will say this, when you get to these seats, find some friends who understand your world. Find some mm-hmm. friends who understand what you do. I'm yes. not saying all your friends got to be CEO, but let me tell you something. When I was in Chicago and even to this day, I have a sister circle of CEOs. Most of them are in Chicago. We mm-hmm. keep each other sane in each other because right. it's a lonely job. And a yeah, lot of people I can't go complain to anybody about the boss. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's true. So Monica, it's a great point. Those are great points. Yeah, Davida, I hear you. Listen, Linda, I'm listening. <laughs> Davida <laughs> is crazy in the notes. And Crystal, yes, I do want a shirt, by the way. Crystal says she's going to send a shirt. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to send a shirt. Yes. But you know, every time I do these, a time just starts to wrap so fast and we're getting close to a 10-minute mark. And I, this is the segment I want to go into, Monica, because I, I don't want to shorten the time on this part of our discussion because it's so critical. What charge us, right? Charge corporate America, charge academia based on what you've seen. What do we need to do? I mean, let's get serious about filling the pipeline. What would you charge us with some actionable steps? If if we're going to be talk about it, we got to be about it, right? So, you know, charge us from your experience. What do you say is missing? And you say, corporate America, here's the three things I think you need to do. Uh, Academia, here's what I believe. And then let's revisit individual black and women, black and brown women who have the seat. Here's what you need to do. So if you would, if you take us there, that'd be great as we wrap our discussion. If we can charge corporate, I'm sorry, academia first. Okay, beautiful. And I say that because if we charge, we charge, we need to charge academia to making sure that as they are working to educate 
girls of color, because that's what we're talking about today. Yes. But yes. I would argue not only educating girls of color, but all of their students of the make sure they are aware of the mosaic that exists in this world. And mm. those who have a certain level of privilege, help them understand that with that privilege comes responsibility. Mm. Um, I would charge wow. our girls yes. and our young men in um, colleges and academia, go for the next degree if you can. Go mm-hmm. for the next, uh, never miss an opportunity to better yourself. Never miss an opportunity to network with professors, with visiting lecturers, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever you need to do to gain that exposure, go for it. Take advantage of it. If I could have told undergrad Monica to do that, she would have been doing a whole lot more than what she did in undergrad. So Mm. I would charge our colleges and universities to make sure that particularly the career counselors and, and that group who help students to kind of figure this thing out. Don't try to pigeonhole them. Let these mm-hmm. let students be aware yes. of what industries, first of all, let's be strategic about it. What industries don't have black and brown women in leadership positions? Maybe those are the ones you want to go for. What mm-hmm. industries are going to give you not only a good paycheck, but feed you? One of the things I love about working in nonprofit, I can make a good living and impact the lives of others. Mm-hmm. So I would charge academia to make sure that they are. Yes producing people who are ready to come in to the workplace and get on a career path that puts them in the VP role, in the C-suite. So that would be my charge to them. To the workforce, to corporate and nonprofit, when you're hiring, cast a wide net. Don't just just advertise positions in three or four places. No, if there's anything... That makes my blood. There's nothing that makes my blood boil more than we can't find any black guys. Oh my gosh! Look, you and me both. If I hear, if I hear that ever again, I swear. I, you know, I, I had somebody tell me that that's a, that's a CEO of a structural company. She says, Linda, I can't find any black engineers. I was like, that's because you ain't looking for real. Let's just be real. You're not looking. You're actually here in the Detroit area. There's a woman of color conference every year. I have spoken at it and there are thousands of young. My daughter, undergrad, now she's at law school at Howard. I think when I was at her graduation in the undergrad, I saw a whole engineering school. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, and how, I mean how many more of them are? You're not looking. You and me both. I can't stand that when I hear that. Oh, but see, here's me. the thing. We had to live it within GSSEM. We were looking for, I don't even remember what the position was. We weren't getting black and brown applicants, right? Now, again, let me just say this for anybody who wants clarification. I'm not saying go out and hire a black person. I'm not saying, I'm saying go out and look. Make sure that when you cast that pool, when you create that pool, that you have cast a net that is wide enough so that some black and some brown folks uh, are in it. And yes. if you don't know where to advertise, call some people who do. Yes. You know, we are, as a, as a we're Girl Scouts, so we operate camp properties. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. of the challenges we had this summer, we didn't, ha- we couldn't find any African-American women who wanted to, who were able to work for us or who wanted to work for us. Now, look, I'm not the camper. I don't <laughs> lie and say I am. But <laughs> we pay higher than the national average. We were looking all over the place. We went to Michigan State, their Department of Natural Resources. We went to the state mm-hmm. of Michigan. We were went to the DEI people working in that space. We were we hope to be more 
to have more luck next year. But we yeah. cast a wide net. And I say that, and I know we have time. We are, we are, we're having limited time. Because when little black girls are going to camp, they need a camp counselor who understands black girl hair problems when you're gone for a week from home. Yes. They need to understand why yes. you may not yes. want to get in that pool every day. Yes. And yes. so we don't have that representation. So yes. It's not just the C-suite. It's throughout. It's throughout. Yes. Totally agree. Totally yes. agree. Yes. And Crystal, you're right. Lazy recruitment. I mean, it really is. I mean, let's just be real. It's lazy. And I'm so glad you made the statement, Moni, because, you know, the comment would be, oh, OK, just fill the seat. As long as a black person's sitting in it, then you're happy. No, it's not what we're talking about. Right. To your point, cast the broad net, make sure that it's, it's mosaic and representation and then pick the best candidate, exactly. Pick the best candidate and use the same criterion across everyone. Exactly. You know, I can tell you for a role that I had, I had I got eight times. No lie interviewed eight times for the position and had to bring evidence of what was girl. Look, I knew what was happening when it was happening. And even at, when it got to the eighth time, I told him, I said, you know what? It really, it's okay. <laughs> because this is ridiculous. You know, I got to bring evidence of that Six Sigma project. I got to be, I said, oh, okay. Oh, you're surprised I graduated from Carnegie Mellon? Really? You verified it? Oh, it was on my, oh, you ver- oh you're surprised. So yeah. So when I, to say that, make sure the plane, you know, ask the same questions, use the same interview process. When you cast that wide net, Absolutely, Monica. Excellent. Anything else you did you wanted to share when you're charging? Uh, You already reached out to those of us that look like us. I love that. Make sure you reach out. Make sure you spend time. Yeah. And I think for us, you know, be prepared when you get that opportunity. Be ready. What what, what do we say? You stay ready. You don't have to get ready. Yes. Yes. Be ready. So important. And I will say, and we were laughing, we were talking about this on Saturday, and we kind of said it in jest, but it's so true. That imposter syndrome thing that so many of us suffer from, put that away. Because we as Black women are usually overprepared, overqualified, smarter than, I'm going to say that, smarter than and ready. But for those of us who are not, who have some of those pieces, but not all of them, let's go get the rest of them. And if you don't know how to do it, find a mentor. Find, find a mentor. Find who can help you yes. navigate. But we were, we were joking about it on Saturday and, and, and during the session that Tell and I did. And she made the comment, long story short, about how women tend to not speak up because we are not sure if we're going to be correct. Whereas men... No, they don't know the answer, but they speak up first. And we were just laughing. I was like, and they always loud and wrong. And it's just, you know, but it's true. So I, I, will, so true. I will end on what Debbie Allen says. Speak your truth. Yes. Say what you need to say. Tell your story. And go yes. get that job. Go get that volunteer opportunity. If yes. you want to work in nonprofit, you can find, a, you can build a great career in nonprofit. If you want to work in corporate, do that. If you want to work in higher ed, do that. Yeah, we don't have do enough that. women presidents of universities. And I don't mean exactly HBCU. right. I love HBCUs. But right. I want to see sister as president of Harvard, Yale, yeah. all of them. Yes. Michigan, all of them. Yes. We, there is no space that we cannot occupy. 
That's exactly right, Monica. And we need to know that. And our young black and brown girls need to believe in themselves, be able to look in the mirror and yes. believe in every inch of themselves. Yes. And as they are, authentically as they are, dark skin, light skin, a natural, whatever it is, curly hair, straight, I don't care what it is, right? I don't care what it is. Monica, this has just been phenomenal. Oh, Davidi, you said more black women and girls in tech. Yes, you're absolutely right. We need them in tech. Yes, we need them in tech. And it just so happens that next Tuesday, Brianna McCullough, who's at Google, okay. a sister at Google in tech. Right. We're going to be talking about that next Tuesday. Monica, this has been a phenomenal conversation today. And I knew it was going to be, uh, especially this topic that is so, so critically important. And with your depth of experience and what you know to be necessary in next steps, I'm just so honored that you took time out of your busy schedule to share it on Being Brown at Work Live. Thank I can't express so much how much I appreciate you. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much. It's great. And all the comments, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. If anyone's listening to this and you have some more ideas on how to fill the pipeline, you have some questions even, put them in the comments, put them in chat. I definitely get around to those and feedback. And if you're catching it on a replay, I'll, I'll watch that too. So there's no such thing as being late to the game on such a critical topic. Yeah. Take care and we'll see you next week on Being Brown at Work Live. Take Thank care, Monica. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I have so much more to offer you. Book a complimentary call with me at lindatalaferrell.com slash free consultation so you can start unapologetically achieving your own professional goals as a woman of color and establish a presence as more than just an employee. Let's go deeper, reach your professional goals, and apply this life-changing work to your career and beyond so you can rock your corporate game and get that seat at the table.